consciousness and the quantum paradigm. Many people are talking about a shift in human evolution. What is driving this shift and how do we steer it in a positive direction? Will it be primarily a spiritual shift as many in the new age believe? Will it be truly scientific or a technological shift as AI developers believe? Or will these two approaches somehow meet and work together to uplift the earth to be a more balanced and advanced future? The answers to these questions truly rest in our hands. One thing for sure is achieving such a balance will require a shift in how we think, act, and relate. In other words, it's going to be a paradigm shift. So a paradigm shift is what will lead us to a revolutionary way of life. So Thomas Kuhn, he's a physicist, historian, and an author of Structure of Scientific Revolution. He said, when paradigms change, the world changes with them. Can we really retrain our way of thinking and living away from old programming into being truly open and attuned to a new paradigm of reality? Yes, we can. So one of the challenges that we're encountering is even in the age of quantum physics, string theories, and multiverse cosmology, Humanverse is still stuck in a Newtonian way of operating. So the way we perceive and approach problems have been heavily influenced by outdated paradigms that's no longer suitable for a fast-paced and uncertain world today. In this regards, Thomas Kuhn also said, all significant breakthroughs are break-withs, old ways of thinking. But also, we must replace an old paradigm with a new one. Fortunately, a new vision of how we relate to the world is emerging, and it's based in the quantum view of reality. So let's take a look at these two paradigms, Newtonium versus quantum. So the Newtonian paradigm is based on the ideas of determinism, separatism, reductionism, and materialism. In essence, this says that everything can be isolated and reduced to its individual parts, which must function in a linear, logical, clockworld way. It says that things should be predictable and controllable, and it cuts us off from spirit and choice, and it encourages separation, which fuels ego and greed. We don't need to look far to see how this paradigm has led to a world out of balance. So what about the quantum paradigm? What is it and can it help us improve our situation? In a quantum view, things are complementary, contextual, conscious, and connected. These quantum principles turn the Newtonian paradigm completely on its head. Although strange and exotic, Quantum theory is the most successful theory that we have today. We live in a quantum universe, the smallest of particles to the largest of structures in intergalactic space. Quantum principles underline everything in the universe. We too are quantum beings. One of the most exciting and promising aspects of quantum physics says that the universe is participatory. 
which means our choices matter, even our thoughts matter. This puts the power back in our hands. But there's more to this process than the popular notion of attention. As I've studied classical and quantum physics, I've always been fascinated with the strange and wonderful possibilities of quantum physics. Since I began, I thought that quantum principles applied to the atomic and subatomic worlds, but also to the basic fabric of our existence. They reveal a deeper universal truth about who and what we are. They can inform our overall view of reality. And when we reorient our ways of thinking towards this view, the doors of new possibilities can open wide. For example, what might happen if we applied quantum principles to re-envisioning our models to 21st century society? How might our societal systems transform? Systems such as business, economics, relationships, psychology, philosophy, sociology, education, and more. When Newtonianism was applied over 300 years ago, it not only cemented in the scientific revolution that was underway, it also became the catalyst of the Age of Enlightenment and later the Industrial Revolution. How will our lives transform today if we truly reinvented ourselves in the, based in the newer quantum principles? One example is how it's starting to happen right now is the digital age. So many of our modern technology is based on quantum physics, from cell phones to digital computers, MRI imaging, and atomic lasers. Because of this, most of us now recognize that we do live in a connected world where energy and vibration are more fundamental than matter and perspectives are more relative and contextual than certain. However, when it comes to our day-to-day -day experience with the world around us, most people are still not operating from quantum awareness. Why is that? Well, it's one thing to have the concept and it's quite another thing to change the way we think and perceive. Can we reprogram or rewire our perceptions, or is that even possible? Of hundreds of years of genetic and social conditioning, the answer is still yes, it is possible. It takes a combination of the correct concepts and daily practices to make this shift. When enough of us make this shift in our own lives, then we can help and support and guide the collective shift. So let's start diving in, in the, a deeper look in the four quantum principles. These govern all quantum uh, phenomena, and they're all interlinked. So again, they're complementary, contextuality, consciousness, and connectivity. What do these terms mean, and how do they apply to us? To answer that, let's take a look at each one. Complementary, complementarity. It's a principle that governs many extraordinary behaviors in a quantum level. 
central to it is what is known as the uncertainty principle. It says that it's impossible to precisely measure two observables that are tied together as complementary pairs. One example of a complementary pair is the particles in a position in space, meaning if we know where a particle is, then we won't be able to know anything about its momentum, which relates to its massive speed and direction, or vice versa. One interesting way to apply this to ourselves is to ask the question, where am I now and where am I going? If we know exactly where we are right now, then we won't have total clarity of where we're going. And that's because in order to know our exact position, we must be standing still. If we're standing still, then we have several options of where we can go from here. Have you ever experienced that kind of uncertainty of where you're going in life? Now, the flip side of this is, if we know our precise momentum of where we're going and how fast, we won't be able to know exactly where we are, and that's because we're moving and our position keeps changing. It's good to have momentum in life, but it's also important to sometimes stop and be here now. And speaking of the now, Another complementary pair is energy and time. So how can we understand this one? First of all, energy is related to vibration. All things move or oscillate at a certain rate, and the rate of vibration is what we call the frequency, which is usually measured as cycles per second. Now frequency, therefore energy, are inversely connected in time. How energy and time are coupled in a quantum level goes something like this. If we know the precise moment that an event takes place, then the amount of energy contained in it becomes uncertain, meaning all energy is potentially accessible. Conversely, if we know exactly how much energy something has, then we will not be able to say when it occurred, meaning all time is potentially accessible, giving us access to eternity. Now, how can we apply this to ourselves? We can ask the questions, when am I? Am I stuck in the past? Am I projecting into the future? When our mind is ruminating in past or future, we can sense how much energy it takes up. Or am I in the now? Only when we're in the now does our measurement of time become precise because only the now is real. Now the cool thing is when we're in the now, that is when limitless energy becomes possible or accessible. Alternatively, we can ask, what is my energy level since energy is directly related to frequency? When we increase our frequency, we raise our energy level. If we can bring our energy into a coherent state where everything is precisely attuned to one frequency or resonance, that is when our sense of time disappears and we can become one with eternity. In quantum physics, we talk about there being many simultaneous possibilities and probabilities all existing at once until a measurement or observation or a choice is made. Upon observation, one 
possibility will manifest out while the others will disappear. This is known as the observer effect and collapsing the waveform. So how is this observer effect discovered? It relates to another aspect of complementarity, which is known as wave-particle duality. In the early days of quantum discovery, it began with scientists trying to understand the nature of light. Is it a wave or is it a particle? It turns out that light displays both behaviors. Now this confronted scientists with a mystery or a paradox. How can light be both a wave and a particle? The paradigm at the time said that it must be either or, not both and. And the mystery grew when scientists began to wonder if matter could behave as both wave and particle, and indeed it could. There have been many indications and new discoveries of quantum physics that have just confirmed all of this. To make a long story short, if we set up an experiment to see if it's a wave, then they will get wave-like behavior. If they set up an experiment to try to observe it as a particle, then the behavior changes to that of a particle. It's all about how the scientists choose to set up their observation and measurement points. Though it's fa what's fascinating is as if the quanta is aware that they're being observed. The very act of observing has a dramatic effect on their behavior. It is a real phenomena. What is quantum physics telling us about the underlying nature of the universe? First, it reveals that the universe is dual, or we can say complementary. The things that we can observe have a dual nature. Wave, particle, position, momentum, energy, time. Each pair intricately tied together. In its quantum realm, it can be both and neither, it's all one. In the quantum realm, infinite possibilities exist simultaneously. It's a sea of possibility, and it's non-dual. But once we take a measurement or try to observe one of those states in the physical, that is when uncertainty or duality enters. So the second major quantum principle says that things are contextual as double-slit experiments confirm that measurements alter state. Quantum behavior depends on the conditions given. So what does this mean? One way of interpreting this is things are meaningful. We give meaning to things by the act of, of observing them. The meaning we give depends on the context or set of conditions we choose to go with, or it depends on the assumptions that we make. Now this meaning emerges from the interaction or the synergy between the observer and the observed. Emergence of different properties is another hallmark of quantum physics theories. When various particles and forces are interacting in certain conditions, entirely new things can emerge from the quantum sea, things who were not there before. The whole becomes greater than the sum of its parts. Now here again, we have the opposite of Newtonian reductions. At the metaphysical and philosophical level, this idea of context eggs the question, does did we perhaps choose to come in to this object-based experience of the physical so that we can observe ourselves and so we can observe all the possible manifestations of the source and by observing come to know 
and by knowing bestowed meaning if so does it mean we can give our own lives greater meaning especially when we put it in the context of a mission a quantum mindset would say yes the universe is participatory we are co-creating in partnership with this universe through our observations and our choices this means that our consciousness plays a vital role in determining what manifests out of the quantum sea of possibilities is the universe conscious what is consciousness anyway is it what the materialists claim that is just a epiphenomenon of the brain or what emerges purely from groups of mar molecules working together in the physical system or is consciousness more fundamental to our universe more primary as the sages and wisdom wisdom teachings that people have taught in the hermetica we read that everything seen has been begotten because at some point it came to be seen there's nothing in the cosmos that does not live life is not birth but awareness all are immortal matter life spirit soul mind of which everything is constituted one of the most mind-boggling findings of quantum physics that have both intrigued and baffled scientists is how quantum systems meet and interact are forevermore entangled. What this means, they can be never more considered as individual, but have become an intimately connected whole. They form a single entity, even if the components are on opposite ends of the universe, information are somehow communicated between them instantly. Regardless of how much time or space passes between them, Albert Einstein, who was very determined till the end, dug this phenomenon's voodoo forces and spooky actions from a distance. This quantum discovery greatly challenged the Newtonian theory of separation, the idea that things can affect one another only by physical forces. How did he discover this? The idea goes back to 1935 when the founders of quantum physics were trying to understand and interpret the meaning of new quantum discoveries. The Copenhagen interpretation says that there's no actual physical property that exists in the real world until it is observed. This is better known today as the observer effect. Now Einstein thought that this was crazy. He stood staunchly in favor of the deterministic, real, separable world of Newton. The quantum world must be non-local. Now, that means altering one quantum object can instantly influence distant parts of the universe. Now, here again, we encounter a hermetic principle, the principle of correspondence, which says, as above, so below. Another way of saying this is as here, so elsewhere. The choices we make really can reach across the universe. Even modern day theoretical uh, physicists says that it's completely impossible to separate ourselves from the oneness of the universe. What else can physicists really reveal over the connectedness of the universe? Now, this is not just true from particles that originated from the same source. In fact, any two quantum systems that interact and inter intertangle in some way, we can only describe one in relation to its
partner. Even when entangled systems are galaxies apart, they're never truly separated and they continue to influence each other instantaneously. Plus, the systems that they interact with along their journey also become part of that entangled whole. And this includes us too. We are entangled with every particle we have ever interacted with, including other people, and all the people and things they interacted with, and so on. Imagine the implications of this. Every subatomic particle of light or energy that has ever traveled to us, whether from Earth or outer space or the stars, has interacted with our body, then it is still entangled with us, wherever it may now be in the universe plus all the particles that it has interacted with ha is also entangled with us. So talk about connectivity. Even more amazing is that the whole universe started with a Big Bang. So that would say that everything was entangled from the beginning, and to some degree it still is. So not only that, evidence suggests that the kind of connectiveness extends not just to quantum objects, but also is found in evolutionary biology, consciousness studies, and cosmology. So what does this tell us? It suggests that non-local coherence may be a fundamental aspect of reality. It implies that beyond energy and matter, there's information intrinsic within the universe. It is a special kind of information that not only transmits, it also plays a vital role of forming nature at all scales, from the quantum to us to the cosmos. We truly are connected to the stars and to each other. We live in a connected universe. This might sound cliche, but this is physics, not just spiritual philosophy. Yet, it supports what spiritual teachers and initiates have been saying through time, that we are all one. Is there really here or there? In a quantum level, no. Space does not really exist or oppose a limitation. From the reference frame of quantum reality of entangled systems, there's only here. There is no separation. There's only one whole. What does quantum physics have to say about time? Now, is there a past, present, and future? Does the arrow of time only move forward? Is there a then and now? The quantum answer to that also is no. Time does not impose any limitations in the quantum realm. This was confirmed through what are known as delayed choice experiments, first proposed by John Wheeler, quantum cosmologist. They're also able to demonstrate entanglements in particles that never even existed in time, which means entanglement swapping. This means quantum systems are not bound by space and time. When it comes to entangled systems, all is here and now. This implies that space-time is not fundamental, but rather emergent. And here again, we can see that the quantum connectedness is more fundamental than space and time. So, what does all of this tell us? Well, we truly are connected to the stars and to each other. Why is this connectedness so fundamental? 
Here again, we can turn to the Hermetic Principle teachings on correspondence. The three initiates tell us that this principle embodies the truth that there is a harmony, agreement, correspondence between the several planes of manifestation. The same laws and characteristics apply at all levels because it comes from the same source, the all. Now, whether scientists realize it or not, they have inherited their search to understand the universe from their predecessors, many of whom were initiates in the Hermetic traditions. The old traditions of Hermetic has been dated over 8,000 years ago and have been kept alive as sacred wisdom from initiates of the mystery schools. Most scientists agree there should be a finite set of laws that govern the universe. In physics, we talk about the laws of general relativity, quantum mechanics, and so forth. But these laws are just signposts pointing to a deeper truth that underlies them. Scientists have long sought to understand the mind of God, or what Einstein called the secrets of the old one. They search for the theory of everything, one mathematic formula that unites all laws of physics. Many hope to discover that the universe is self-consistent, that there is reason and meaning to all that we observe and experience. And there is. But so long as scientists remain rigidly opposed to bringing consciousness into those laws, they will fail to find the truth, theory of everything. The original as above so below principle comes from the ancient emerald tablets of Toth Hermes. The, the original statement reads, true without error, certain and most true, that which is above is that which is below, and that which is below is that which is above, for performing the miracles of the one thing, and as all things were from one, by the meditation of one, so from this one thing come all things by adaptation. We can see in this statement that there is a distinction made between the one thing and the one mind. The miracles of the one thing are the manifestations of the one into matter. And then the subsequent work to perfect and evolve those things by adaptation or transformation. But the one itself is source, the all, from which all things come. And it tells us that the way these things come to be is by the meditation of one. Let's look deeper at what meditation means here. Meditation is the focusing of one's mind or total awareness until it comes completely into a sea of coherence. Again, coherence is a major key when it comes to the quantum realm. It means that everything is alive, synchronized, and of one whole. In other words, it's a unified state. In this coherent state, the mind meditates upon the one thing it desires to manifest. In the Hermetics, Hermes says that everything seen has been begotten because at some point it came to be seen. Coming to be is nothing but imagination. That sounds a lot like the observer effect. 
Then Hermes says that the one source is invisible because it always is, and what begets is not itself begotten. But if you want to see God, consider the sun, consider the moon, consider the orders of the stars. Who keeps this order? For there is nothing in all the cosmos that God is not. And if you don't like the word God, just replace it with source or universal consciousness or whatever you prefer. Now, since all things are from one, by the meditation of one, Hermeticists call this the principle of mentalism. The one or the all may be thought of as a universal, infinite living mind, or perhaps today we may call it a unified field of pure consciousness. This is at the foundation of everything. It is within this one mind that all is united. So if physicists want to find their theory of everything, they must include the one mind, consciousness, as an essential part of all that is. Both Erwin Schrodinger uh, and Wolfgang Pauli, the founders of quantum mechanics, had insight of the importance of one mind. Schrodinger said that multiplicity is only apparent. In truth, there is only one mind. And Pauli dedicated the last half of his career in life to trying to understand what he called the psychophysical problem or the mind-body problem from a scientific perspective. Now, how can we apply all of this in our lives today? First of all, since we are all connected, that means that the changes that we make within do matter to the universe. As physicist John Wheeler said, useful as it is under everyday circumstances to say that the world exists out there, independent to us, that view can no longer be upheld. When we work on improving ourselves, healing and cleaning our thoughts, words, and deeds, it makes a difference. When we transform from negative to positive in our lives, we send good vibes throughout the universe. The outer is a manifestation of the inner. So what does that mean for us? If we want our outer lives and our world as a whole to improve, we must each start within. Second, this shows us that if there's a way to direct what comes out of the quantum field, it will require more than just choice or intention. Those things are a beginning, and they might get us results, but they are random results. What we need is to hold coherent intention, connect it to the one mind, and meditate upon the result we desire. Only through a daily meditation practice where we'll be able to, where we quiet the mind and consciously tap in to the one mind. Once we cultivate the ability to hold a prolonged, coherent state of being, that is when we'll be able to become more effective participants in the game of life. It's easier said than done. So quantum physics gives us key insights on how to tap into the unified states more easily. So this is Mark Martin, and I hope you're able to learn something today and I hope you apply it to your life. Thank you.